From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, April 9th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Kosoi, CEO and co-founder of B-Lab, to learn more about the White House Initiative on Inclusive Economic Growth. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Hey, Monique, thanks for having me. And we'll hear from Dr. Tiffany Manuel, president of The Case Made, and my next guest on the Reconstruction Podcast. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. BlackRock closed a $4.8 billion fund for green energy. We've been watching for the step change in climate financing, and this may be a sign. The new Global Renewable Power Fund, BlackRock's third, triples its $1.6 billion second fund. BlackRock believes the net zero transition to be a $10 trillion investment opportunity. The new fund invests in wind and solar projects around the world and has backing from 100 institutional investors. In other climate financing, California-based Zero Avia raised more than $24 million to decarbonize air travel. The hydrogen-powered airplane maker has raised $74 million to date. The latest round was led by Hong Kong billionaire Li Ka Xing's foundation. And speaking of hydrogen, a hydrogen fund from Paris-based 5T raised more than $300 million for green hydrogen produced with renewable energy. Sustainable investing strategies accounted for 30% of all special purpose acquisition companies or SPACs. Health, ESG integration, and new energy dominate the sustainable SPAC offerings, according to an Impact Alpha Roundup in partnership with Sustainable Research and Analysis. Kiva, best known for its crowdfunding microfinancing loans, is becoming a fund manager as well. Kiva Capital has closed the Kiva Refugee Investment Fund at $32 million to promote financial inclusion for refugees. Kiva has already loaned $20 million to refugees through a pilot program and found refugee populations repay their loans at similar or higher rates as compared to non-refugees. Jamie Dimon, CEO of JPMorgan Chase, broke ranks with many fund managers, including many impact fund managers. Dimon came out against the tax loophole for carried interest. That's the share of profits taken by fund managers. It's currently taxed at the lower rate for capital gains rather than as ordinary income. In a 66-page shareholder letter, Diamond also called for a carbon tax, even as JP Morgan remains the world's largest banker of fossil fuels. And finally, there's a fungus among us. A few months ago, we told you about MycoWorks, which makes a kind of alt leather from a mushroom material called mycelium. This week, Ecovative secured $60 million for fungus-based textiles, food, and packaging. Subscribers got all of these stories and much more in the brief each morning this week. So Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Earlier this week, B-Lab, which you lead, and the U.S. Impact Investing Alliance submitted a formal proposal to the White House on behalf of 50 organizations pushing for new rules of the road to govern so-called stakeholder capitalism. This level of coordinated policy advocacy represents a new front for groups like B-Lab who have tried, largely out of necessity, to encourage voluntary action to drive positive social and environmental change. So why this and why now? Well, I think right now represents a unique moment where the Biden administration um, has made it clear that many of the things that have been priorities of the stakeholder capitalism movement for a long time are, are clear priorities for the administration. And I think there's real interest in Congress on both sides of the aisle. And so that sets up a moment in the wake of COVID and a year of racial justice uprisings 
um, to really try to capitalize on on all of that energy. There's a recognition that the economy isn't as resilient as we need it to be if we want it to be inclusive and create opportunity for all. And so this feels like a really important moment to address these issues with the administration. And then lastly, I think, you know, as you said, largely many of the organizations in this space have been working on these kinds of issues on a voluntary basis for a long time and have often been kind of allergic to trying mm. to work with government or trying to drive policy change. And I think one one really important shift has been this recognition that we need to change the rules of the game if we actually want the system to change, not just to address a few problems here and there. So after this big day on the Hill that you all had, what's next from here for the collective? Well, the next thing, you know, what happened yesterday uh, was really like launching an idea. Um, and what was important about it is that there are 50 organizations at the table and the, and the tens of thousands of businesses and investors that they represent. Uh, and so I think that that's a powerful coalition that's come together around an idea. Um, what has to happen now is that we need to really engage the administration um, uh, and get them excited about the idea. Um, we need to start to work with members of Congress on Capitol Hill and the Senate and the House um, because many of the issues that this community is talking about require legislation, not just executive change. And so we need to start talking about having partners there. Um, and then I think many of the issues that we're talking about overlay with the climate and racial justice priorities of the administration and its desire to put people back to work with high quality jobs. And so that also means that this coalition's got to start to collaborate with other organizations that are working on racial equity and uh, labor um, and climate. So that's a lot of important work ahead. Um, the coalition's also going to now start to work on a shared policy agenda. So the objective of yesterday was to get the Biden administration to create a White House initiative on inclusive economic growth, to create the window that we could all use to then have a conversation with them. Um, we now need to be clear about a shared policy agenda that we'd actually like them to uh, accomplish. So what would be some of the key pillars of that policy agenda? We've roughly broken them up into a couple of areas. One, one what we describe as um, community investing. Um, and so these are kind of like bottom up approaches to um, making sure that we are investing in this country in communities that have been uh, often intentionally disinvested or marginalized, um, black and brown communities and rural um, and indigenous communities. And so there are a range of policy issues there. Um, from the reform of the Community Reinvestment Act to supporting community development financial institutions, driving more capital, um, investment capital into those communities. On the other hand, there's a more, um, what I would describe as a structural reform agenda, um, stakeholder capitalism issues that we want to engage the administration and Congress on um, that are about creating the long-term changes that would make the economy work for everyone. Um, and those are things like changing corporate governance uh, so that both companies and investors are considering balancing the interests of stakeholders, not just shareholders when they make decisions. Um, and then we need to change the rules about disclosure um, and transparency on ESG issues so that we all have a better understanding of what companies uh, are up to and also how investors are considering ESG issues when they make both investment decisions and engagement decisions with the companies that they're invested in. 
So given all the competing priorities in the administration at this moment, um, what do you think their bandwidth is to meaningfully take all of this on? And who are your champions? Well, those issues are totally consistent with the uh, with the administration's priorities. Um, and in fact, uh, m- much of this policy agenda has really come from the administration asking many of the organizations in this coalition to engage during the transition. That's how a lot of it came together in the first place. So I think there's a totally, um, uh, there's total receptivity as far as I can tell. Um, we've proposed that this White House initiative be housed inside of the NEC, the National Economic Council. And the reason that we proposed it be there was, one, it's the body that's responsible for coordinating economic policy across the administration and and recognizing how many different departments uh, and agencies in the federal government um, and partnerships with Congress have to happen. It feels like the right place to put it. But secondly, and this gets to your question about champions, um, the the personnel, the, the team that President Biden has appointed to lead the NEC uh, are deeply familiar with these um, with these issues of stakeholder capitalism and um, and community investing. So Brian Deese, who's the director of the NEC, uh, oversaw sustainable investing at BlackRock, um, and obviously some investors in our community um, have thought of that as a controversial role um, at BlackRock. But he's deeply familiar with these issues. And then two of his deputies also know these issues really well. Bharat Ramamurti, who worked for Elizabeth Warren, um, was really the author of the Accountable Capitalism Act that tries to address many of these stakeholder capitalism issues um, of transparency and stakeholder governance. He's one of the deputy directors. Uh, There's also a woman named Samira Fazili, who uh, worked in the Obama administration on some of these issues and at, at the Atlanta Fed. And so there are a group of people there who, while they, they haven't outwardly endorsed this, are are deeply knowledgeable about these issues, and we're really excited about working with them. So what does success look like when and if everything falls into place? Well, a first step in success would be to have the administration announce that they're going to have a White House initiative on inclusive economic growth. Um, but the real success will look like uh, them, them driving a policy agenda that leads to long-term change. Um, if we want a different kind of economy, then we really need to um, have a new set of rules of the game. And I think that um, the big opportunity here is for the administration to see that and to work with the, the businesses and the organizations in our community, as well as with Congress, to drive, um, to drive a new set of policies. Sounds like reconstruction alpha to me. And so who else do we need? What else do we need to develop in terms of buy-in to make all of this happen? And who else needs to be in the room when it's happening to make this case? I think it's pretty critical that we get beyond just this group of 50 organizations uh, in order to make sure that we have partnerships with labor that represents uh, workers, with racial equity organizations. Uh, If we claim that we are trying to build a more inclusive economy or drive inclusive economic growth, um, you can't do that without uh, addressing the, the deep racial inequities and injustices in our society. Um, there are a lot of organizations focused specifically on climate and climate justice. 
um, and a just transition that we also need to start working with because there's so much overlap between uh, these issues of stakeholder capitalism um, and uh, and a just transition. So um, across each of those areas, there are more partnerships to be created. I'm really excited that um, you know, this coalition came together quickly in a space that's largely lacked a lot of collaboration, um, particularly around public policy. And so I think it's a really good sign that so many organizations were willing to sign onto an agenda that isn't owned by any one organization. It happens that I'm standing here talking to you, but I think the leaders of any of the 50 organizations that signed that coalition letter um, could be having this conversation. So if anyone else wants to get involved, how do they do so? Um, they can reach out to uh, to B-Lab or the Impact Investing Alliance. Um, you can email me at andrew at bcorporation.net. And because um, we'd love to have additional organizations um, signing onto that letter and being involved as we start to engage with the administration and Congress on, uh, on this policy agenda. Thanks, Andrew. It's great to have you all doing this, and we look forward to supporting you. Thanks, Monique. I appreciate your covering these questions. The challenges of systemic change are top of mind for my next guest on the Reconstruction podcast series. Dr. Tiffany Manuel has written a book on how to make the case for systems change. We share the full conversation next week. Here's a taste. And so over the course of my career, really sort of stepping back to say, what does it take to get people to lean forward on the hard stuff? And that's what you see sort of represented in my, in my work and in the work that I do with changemakers all over the country today. There are a set of things that are consistent with how you get people to lean forward on things that are really hard, right? And to the extent that we as change leaders are able to, to grasp that skill set and deploy it, right? We're able to get people to reimagine what community can look like and also to reimagine justice and actually achieve the outcomes that we're, that we're pushing for. We'll post the full podcast Monday and you can find it on Impact Alpha or wherever you're listening right now. Just search for The Reconstruction and make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share it with a friend. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. You can read all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Impact Alpha podcasts are available wherever you listen, made possible by Impact Alpha subscribers. Join them and receive the daily brief and full access to impactalpha.com and more. Podcast listeners get $100 off their annual subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100 for $100 off. Thank you for listening. And thanks to Andrew Kasoy and our producer, Isaac Silk. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.